Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. All right, welcome to Perfectville, everybody. You've seen the reaction show, Finston Reaction. You've got the regular show like you'd normally do. But since you're such good citizens of Perfectville and you're such good fans of the Miami Dolphins and we're 2-0, I feel like talking Miami Dolphins football a little bit more. I got some bonus content for each and every single one of you out there. Joining me now is Mr. Mookie Hawkins, sports director for Power 96.5 FM, WUFO 1080 AM. He's the beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills. He has the podcast Believe in Bills. Mookie Hawkins, how are you? Hey, trying to stay warm out here, Sam. Yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit about that. You are in Buffalo. It's officially winter. Winter has come for Buffalo, New York. Uh, I'm hoping we can stave off winter for one more week down in Miami because the (laughs) Buffalo Bills, like you and I were talking about, might be the scariest thing since Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees got together in a movie years and years and years ago. I just... Walk me through briefly, how the hell did this happen? Because the New England Patriots were there for like 20 years, as you know. And then, you know, Josh Allen comes onto the scene. And it it wasn't overnight. This team was built, you know, over the course of time. But it's kind of like all of a sudden we woke up and there's this monster of a franchise up there in Western New York. How the hell did this happen over the course of what, one, two years? Well, it all starts with the head coach first. And, you know, that's. Coach McDermott coming in and changing the culture that Rex obviously screwed up. So, you know, he fixed Rex mess. And a year after that, he brought in his guy, uh, Brandon Bean. And then it's just been a match made in heaven. Uh, you know, basically what I'm taking from those two guys is, you know, the guys that they sat and they learned from, they learned pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because they, they knew how to develop a franchise quarterback. And right now the bills basically is kind of like the model of the NFL on how to build a franchise in a rapid pace. Uh, you look at it, Josh Allen, in year five, he's a, you know, I mean, right now it's like the torch is being passed for him to be in the face of this league. You know, if he, at this pace, if he keeps this up, so something like that, in such a small period of time, you just have to get credit to where credit is due. And that's, you know, starting with, you know, head coach and general manager, um, and what they've done has just been phenomenal. I mean, they've drafted guys, they developed guys, and they've paid guys. That you don't normally see in an organization to the point where you have nothing but continuity and familiarity. You have no choice other than to win. And it's contagious and to the point now where everybody would want to come to Buffalo. Could you imagine that now? You know, you got the top players around here, the top free agents is wanting to come to Buffalo. Buffalo is that destination. You couldn't pay anybody five, 10 years ago to come to Buffalo. Now it's like, man, get me on the first thing smoking in Buffalo. So, you know, Coach McDermott's definitely changed that culture. Yeah, all things being equal, no offense to the great people of Western New York. If you've got a team in L.A. or a team in Kansas City even, or Seattle and Buffalo, and they're the same, let's just say they're the same, they're not going to Buffalo, to your point. But people are choosing to go to Buffalo, which tells me, they're not only not the same, they're light years ahead of where just about everyone else is. And you mentioned it, Rex Ryan. I mean, that franchise went from somebody who studies feet to somebody who studies feet work. 
right? Like <laughs> footwork is more important than the actual foot itself based on the coach and the GM coming in there. But it all starts and really, I'm not going to say it ends with Josh Allen, but I mean, just the way this roster was built. I, I mean, we think here in Miami that what we traded for, for Tyreek Hill, like if they wanted another first round draft pick in Kansas City, we might retroactively give it to them based on what we've already seen and what we think is coming with Tyreek Hill in this offense. But it pales in comparison what the Buffalo Bills did to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm looking at this right now, Mookie, and it's unbelievable. The Buffalo Bills traded a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a fourth-round pick across two drafts, right? So that's split between two drafts for Stephon Diggs. And, oh, by the way, they did get a throw-in seventh-round pick as well as Stephon Diggs. That is a complete underpayment for what Stephon Diggs has brought to the Buffalo Bills, is it not? Yeah, that definitely were, you know, we we went to Family Dollar that week and found Stefan Diggs. Hey, you know, every now and then you get like a like a good piece of merchandise that somehow ends up in the bargain bin and it wasn't supposed to be there. Somebody swapped a sticker or something and there he was, right? Is that what you're telling me? It's it's insane to me. Like I feel I, I feel ripped off and I'm not even a part of this trade. I feel like Buffalo Bill should have to retroactively give another first or second round draft pick to the Minnesota Vikings just to make me feel a little bit better about it. But, you know, between Stefan Diggs and then you have Gabe Davis, who it looks like it, according to him, he's going to play this weekend. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm going to take the man at his word. And then you have Dawson Knox, who's coming to his own as a tight end. I know he's on the injury report as well. But it's not just those guys, but those are the guys that the Miami Dolphins players knows. We know Stephon Diggs. We know Josh Allen. We know Dawson Knox. We know Gabe Davis. Give me a guy on offense. And I'm going to have you do the same thing on defense here in just a minute. But give me the guy on offense that after this game on Sunday, Miami Dolphins fans, the citizens of Perfect Bill, as we like to call them, are going to look back and go, oh, that's why he was mentioned on the Perfect Bill podcast right there. Who's the guy that we don't know that we will know after this game? On the offensive side? Yeah. Uh, it can easily be two. Uh, it could be Jamison Crowder. Uh, let's not forget that, you know, we got the the savvy uh, slot from, from the Jets. Uh, and, you know, we still have Isaiah McKenzie and, yeah. you know, Cole Beasley replacement. We obviously know uh, Gabe Davis is dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, he was limited today in practice. Uh, right now he looks like he's going to be a go, but he still seems to favor that ankle at times. So we'll closely monitor that as the days go on. But, Right now, he's on a limited basis, so, you know, that gets him to some sort of plan. I'm not sure how much he will play, but right now he's just on a limited basis. And, you know, I'm thinking more or less of Crowder and McKenzie are two guys that, you know, we'll be talking about. Or even James Cook, you know, we got the savvy, you know, he's from Florida, born and raised, so, you know, there might be some incentive to that. There, there always is. We were talking to Pierre Garçon on our show, and he says, anytime you've got a, a Floridian coming back to play in Miami, especially if they're from South Florida, there is extra incentive. They do play harder. It is in the back of their mind. Their friends and family are coming to see him, and they want to show up and play well because of that factor. Uh, you know, James Cook was a guy that I wanted the Miami Dolphins to draft. Seeing him go to Buffalo uh, was devastating on some level because I do think he's a very good player. He obviously had a bad first week. Uh, Second week, I mean, this running back room for the Buffalo Bills, there's three players there that are primarily in there. Is James Cook going to be the primary guy? Is he going to take it away from Devin Singletary? It seems like Bills are always looking for somebody to upgrade Devin, at least from the outside looking in on this. But Devin keeps holding on to that spot. What makes Devin special? What, uh, what What's keeping him in that starting lineup? What a familiarity within the offense. Um, that's one. He knows the system in and out. Uh, he knows all the, protect, all the protections. 
and you know Josh is definitely comfortable with him being back there uh, so that's that's the biggest thing um, I think that Singletary just got kind of caught up in um, scheme change uh, mm-hmm. within the offensive line and you know his his production kind of suffered after his rookie season um, kind of picked up towards the end of last year yeah. I guess Dable was saying you know hey I'm not going to be here anyway next year so I might as well just you know, put those plays out there now before I won't get a chance to use them. I save them for Saquon Barkley when I head over here to New York. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, they, they, the, the Bills brought in James Cook. And it's kind of funny because James Cook is a Dolphins fan, born and yeah. raised, grew up there. So, you know, at the Combine, you know, he's sitting there talking. Yeah, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan. And, you know, it would be nice if the hometown team select me. So I said, you know what? What if you come to Buffalo and play your team twice a year? And he was like, well, whoever want to pay me my check, I don't have no problem with it. And lo and behold, the Bills drafted him. And, you know, once we saw each other again, we just looked at each other and just start cracking up. So, you know, he is definitely the future. Uh, the Bills do have Zach Moss. So he kind of got like a three-headed monster uh, right now uh, at running back. It's just, you know, Devin Singletary is obviously the obviously starter. But they are looking for, at some point, James Cook to take this reign and to grasp this offense and do quite well. In it. Yeah, so, you know, kind of a stupid question, just based on what you just said right there. But James Cook did not look happy when the Buffalo Bills drafted him. Did you ask him that question? Because the cameras went right to him when his name was called. And to mm-hmm. me, it looked like he was like, man, this is the last team I want to go to as a Miami Dolphins fan growing up. Is that the case? Or was it a little bit of a shell shock of, wow, this is actually happening right now? Or was it just a case of the camera being on him at the wrong time to make it look like? I think, I think it was the camera being on him at the wrong time. I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't be happy to get drafted one? And then let alone, you know, plan for a contending team. So I don't think that he was, you know, mad that the Bills drafted him. You, you basically just got picked by a Super Bowl team, you know, to play for him. So I don't think that he was upset that the Bills drafted him. Um, and if everybody knows James, you know, he don't really show no emotion. He's laid back, quiet, mild manner kind of guy. And, you know, that's what he gives off. It looks like he's always mad or upset all the time that's just how he is but he was happy to be drafted I mean after a while you know he started smiling and it, it, it finally really set in that you know hey you're a Buffalo Bill and when you look up hey you just come from a national championship national championship potentially going to a, a Super Bowl so it's a good yeah. place to be in yeah, life is good if you're James Cook when, when you put it in those uh, in that perspective. But could you let me have that one, Mookie? You guys have beat us seven in a row, nine of ten. I wanted him to at least be unhappy to be on that winning franchise, but you took that from us. That's all right. So uh, we talked about the offense. We all know about Josh Allen. We we know about some of those guys you gave us, Isaiah McKenzie, who I do think we know because I think he's uh, a big part of that 7-0 and run a couple of yeah, years ago against the Miami two, Dolphins. Yeah, he scored three touchdowns on you guys. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the reminder and the detail. Uh, what about on defense? Now, looking at this roster on defense i don't think the bills have really any sort of weakness regardless of position but looking at the injury report those talented safeties are on there you've got some young cornerbacks out there who's the guy on defense that we maybe aren't aware of here in miami that after this game we go damn it we should have been aware of that guy 
Um, well, I can't say Greg Rousseau because he played down there. We're aware of Greg Rousseau. We're very I'm afraid of Greg aware Rousseau. Of him. Uh, I can't say Jordan Phillips because Jordan Phillips played in Miami too. So you're aware. You're definitely aware of him. Uh, we already know everybody's aware of Ed Oliver. Everybody's aware of Von Miller. Everybody's aware of Shaq Lawson. I think he played for you guys. He was too. with <laughs> us too. So if we just kept all our old players, Mookie, we would be. Uh, we'd have the defense you guys have. Is what you're telling me. Yeah, it's a possibility. There's a definitely possibility of that. So. Uh, I'm going to go and say a guy that um, – I'm going to say the rookies. I'm going to say Benford and Elam. You know, everybody wanted to say, you know, they're the weak link because, you know, I guess obviously they are the rookies. And, you know, uh, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde is a little nicked up. So everybody's looking at that scenario. Okay, Wado, Hill versus these two rookie corners. So that's what everybody's basing this game on is right. that matchup right there. We all know, Sam, this game is one up front. And if everybody keep thinking about, oh, the Bills is inexperienced because they we, let's try to attack these rookies. Then, you know, it's going to be a long day unless you're throwing the ball short, unless they're doing crossing routes, getting it out real quick. Christian Benford, the sixth round pick from out of Villanova. And Kyrie Elam, the first round pick from out of Florida. Yeah. So those will be two guys. Everybody else you pretty much know on the defense. Um, I could say uh, Daquan Jones. <laughs> you know, I can't even say AJ Espinessa. He knocked no. uh, two out last year. Yeah, so. we we we're very familiar. We've seen a lot of their names on the back of the jersey the last couple of years here in Miami. We're uh, we're aware of those. So I do like the fact that the rookies. Uh, you're putting your money on the rookies there. That is the matchup uh, because if Waddle and Hill break loose, this becomes a game. But they're only able to break loose if, A, the Miami Dolphins line holds up, which is to be determined, and, B, you know, uh, they are able to break loose, which, again, it's hard to beat that speed. I mean, I know you're a Bills guy, but it's hard to beat that speed with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. But then at the same time, the Miami Dolphins have the same issues on the other side. I mean, how do you match up with Stephon Diggs? So far, we haven't figured that out. And then, by the way, the few times that we do bracket him or maybe shut him down for a play or two, we get introduced to a Dawson Knox or a Gabe, Gabe Davis or somebody like that. So this is a tough matchup for the Miami Dolphins. I know everybody is you know, loving what we did against Baltimore, including me, of course. But I, I make no bones about it, man. Buffalo Bills are a different animal. They're different than the Ravens. They're different than the Patriots. This is the best team in football and i guess i have to ask you give us some hope here we we all know where this is going we know you're taking the bills in this game i'm probably taking the bills in this game but how does miami win this game and don't say that the your team doesn't show up that's not fair what it, what would you do if you were in charge of this miami dolphins team how do you go about scoring points and preventing josh allen from scoring points how would the miami dolphins win this game hypothetically well they got it well with McDaniels coming from Kyle Shanahan, the Shanahan tree, we all know that they do a lot of window dressing. And, you know, they, they do a lot of zone. That's what they do, zone, play action, window dressing. They just got to stick to those things, stick to what they do best. Uh, and, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, if you're getting four yards of crack with Raheem Mosher running outside zone and play action, <coughs> excuse me, doing running play action, with that and trying to find Gasecki, not Hill or Waddle, Gasecki will be the key uh, to this matchup because now you can't double Waddle or Hill with one of those safeties when Mike Gasecki is 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 eating is eating out there too. So Gasecki is somebody that nobody is talking about, yeah. and somebody that can definitely pose problems to this Bills defense. So I'll just say play action, 
play action with the tight end and try to establish some sort of run if they can. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's we're, we're tracking the same way. I mean, I think Jalen and Tyreek are going to get their targets. They're going to get what they get. But, you know, I said this after the Baltimore game, Mookie, you know, there was so much meat on that bone that Mike Kosicki had, what, five catches and 51 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he, there was plenty for him in that game for that very reason, is that at some point you got to go stop those other fast guys and you've got this big dude who can jump to the moon and catch the ball and two has got to take advantage of that and the Dolphins have to take advantage of that. I agree with you 100%. Uh, listen, let's let's uh, let's just get down to brass tacks here. The Buffalo Bills are coming down to Miami. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have been very good, if not just about undefeated over the last four years against the Miami Dolphins. I don't have any like reservations of saying the Buffalo Bills are better than the Miami Dolphins. But what's the score? What do you see in your mind's eye? Sunday rolls around 415, 420, 430. The game is over. You're looking up. The final score reads what? <laughs> I'm going to say Bills. 37. Dolphins. 20. 37 to 20. So not only are they covering, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're lapping us three times according to what uh, Mookie's telling us versus what Vegas has. is, I think it's, what, minus five and a half uh, for the Buffalo Bills. But 37-20, look, we've seen worse. If that's what happens, then then uh, then I guess that's what happens there. Uh, Mookie, tell everybody where they can find you here if they want to hear more Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'd, I, have to, I have to ask you this. What could you possibly be talking about on your show these days? At least for me, I've got cracks in the in the foundation <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, are you guys just what you and Ruben Brown are getting together for five minutes saying everything's great? High five. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to our lives. I mean, there cannot be much to complain about on a Buffalo Bills Believe in Bills podcast these days. Well, it's not much to complain about. It's just certain things that you do want to see. And like you said before, this is real scary. And I asked Josh that um, I asked Josh after the game Monday night. 31 points against the Rams, 41 points against Tennessee. And these guys are getting off the slow starts, my ad. You know what I mean? Like the, the slow starts. They got a slow start against the Rams. Yeah, 10 points at half, right? If I'm not mistaken, right. something like that. Yeah. Slow start, slow start again against Tennessee, seven to seven in the first quarter. That's where they left them at. That's where they left the Rams at. <laughs> so if they get able, if they can put together two solid halves of football that is scary for a team they could have put 60 up against tennessee if they really oh, for want sure. yeah so i don't see a defense stopping this offense and then at the end of the day the bills defense is is i mean damn they number one everywhere at this yeah. point you know they shutting down the run now they're getting after the quarterback and those were two weaknesses that came back to haunt them last year when it was the the paper number one you know, now it's more or less that they're, they're more like, okay, they're number one in a lot of areas right now that, you know, that's needed to make the cipher complete. You bring in Von Miller, obviously the production is going to go up because he elevates that entire defense. So the production is going to go up, the energy is going to go up, and you're going to see guys making plays out there. So it's just a tough way. And then Miami, they were down 35 to 14 versus yeah. Baltimore. The Bills are not going to – the last time a team came back was 13 seconds last year. They're not going to let a team come from behind, <laughs> no matter what the score is, no matter how much time left on the clock. That is over. They didn't pretty much been through every type of experience other than getting over the hump, getting to the Super Bowl, and playing for a championship. So um, 
I mean, what we could talk about is these guys really playing like a true Super Bowl contending team. And that's scary because it's there's rooms for improvement. I mean, they two and oh, but it's still so much room for improvement. These teams they, they, they haven't even got any type of chemistry yet. They really haven't even gelled. Um in this defense is just, it's just a scary team. You know, it's just, you look all over, but it's just star power all over the place. And how can you not, I mean, how can the team, you look at this team, like how can this team lose with the players that they have, you know, right. On paper, it's just like, damn, right. But you still got to play the game. And I just think that it's not an offense out there other than probably Kansas city that can go toe to toe with the bills. And we're going to see that come week, what, six, We'll see that real soon, week six. But right now, uh, Miami Dolphins is definitely on the clock. You know, they, they y'all been talking a little bit of trash too. So, well, if you go to if you go to Dolphins Twitter, you were going to see nothing but trash in in terms of the talk. I mean, if uh, if if you're getting flooded this week, it does not surprise me. Uh, Dolphins Twitter is a very cocky Twitter fan base, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, uh, unless they're just completely oblivious. Uh, takes the bills or underestimates them in any way. This is our litmus test. I mean, this is the test as as fun as it was against Baltimore, who has really eaten our lunch time and time again up until recently. Uh, the bills have been the team that has really just choked us out over and over and over again. So the Miami Dolphins have to overcome the Buffalo Bills if they're going to be a legit playoff team. If they're going to be a legit threat, they have to put this on the resume that, no, this scary-ass monster that came down here from Western New York, we slayed it, right? We put it right, a stake right through its heart, and we moved on to week four against Cincinnati. And that's the part that scares me about the way this schedule lines up for the Miami Dolphins is that this Buffalo Bills team is very physical on both sides of the ball. And then, oh, by the way, short week to Cincinnati, probably with some people that aren't going to be feeling 100%. That's a recipe for disaster if you're the Miami Dolphins. So I think the Miami Dolphins, if they're going to win this game, in my opinion, they're going to have to figure out a way to capitalize on any opportunity for a turnover. Fumble, interception, you know, muffed punt, turnover on downs or something like that. And then you have to put points on the board. You can't turn the ball over from Josh Allen and that offense, and then just punt the ball away or turn the ball back over. That's the only way you almost have to play a perfect game because the bills are that good either way, no matter how you slice it, I'm looking forward to this game Two two and O teams as somebody who grew up in the nineties, loving the dolphins and hating the bills because of Jim Kelly and Marv Kelly, uh, Marv Levy and Thurman Thomas and, you know, Andre Reed and, James Lofton and Pete Metzelars and Kent Hull, the center, and of course, Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and everyone else involved over there. Cornelius Bennett. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, I like to think of Cornelius Bennett as an Atlanta Falcon because at least he left and left me alone for a few years <laughs> after that. But uh, you're right. Cornelius Bennett is another one. Uh, all those guys just ruined my childhood every single year, year after year after year. So it, it is kind of fun to see a childhood rivalry renewed and have it mean something. I'm looking forward to it. Mookie Hawkins, thank you very much for joining us here today. Special edition of Perfect Bill. We got the Buffalo Bills, 37-20, according to Mookie Hawkins here on Sunday. I wish you luck. I wish your team less luck than I wish you. And uh, (laughs) we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.